Hi, everyone. My colleague, Tiffany Wyckoff, who is also Link's co-founder and COO, and also the co-author of the best-selling book, Blended Learning in Action, shared this beautiful New Year's message, and I asked her to record it so I could share it with this community. In her message, she shares steps that she will take to start feeding the good wolf. And you'll see what I mean by the good wolf through her message. Enjoy this message and please share with us on social media using the hashtag BLNAction the steps that you would like to take to feed the good wolf. Hi, everyone. This is Tiffany Wyckoff. I am the co-founder and COO of Link. Um, I wanted to just chat today and share some thoughts and really just some wonderings as I've headed into this new year um, with a lot of weight of the world on, you know, present for me, just like it is for everybody else. I've been a lot of things in my career from a classroom teacher for a number of years to a school principal for a number of years. And right now, you know, I'm, I'm leading this team that's trying to support teachers and the state of education is just really, really hard right now. And as a leader, I, you know, I started the year with that weight. Um, as the holiday season, all of my planned festivities morphed into this frantic rush finding rapid tests, you know, my brother and, and, and sister-in-law uh, got sick and I couldn't see them as planned. I was really down, you know, I, I think I wasn't alone for sure. And I thought, oh no, you know, here, here we go again. And we're supposed to be excited about this new year and we can't help but kind of starting it feeling exhausted and worried and unsure what will happen. Um, I kind of, I, you know, it's like New Year's Eve and it was, I was with my mom and I saw this meme that just made me kind of laugh and also just shake my head in the reality of the situation. And it said, maybe we should wait until June to celebrate 2022, you know, see how it goes. And I thought, yeah, no, that's real. You know, because the reality is right now as a leader of an organization, like I, I found myself returning to work at the beginning of this week feeling really anxious instead of refreshed uh, from the break. And I feel accountable, like I'm responsible for the vitality of the company. And so I was like, what is going to happen with with this uptick in, in COVID and return to kind of the chaotic early pan, earlier pandemic days? You know, and how, how do we care for the team responsible for the vitality of the team? And those two things you know, they're, they're just not always in synchronicity, right? Um, and so I was really, like, worried, you know, what would what would the surge mean for the team? How would it impact the company? What does it mean for the educators and schools that our company supports? And I started spinning within this worry wheel, and I was, like, packing it in my, you know, virtual briefcase and bringing it with me to the meetings that I had those first few days back earlier this week. And I was really doing, I was present to the fact that I needed to show up in a way for my team. I needed to access something beyond worry. Um, and I was smiling and I was saying the right things. I was trying to support people. But I ended each day with this kind of tense 
not in my abdomen, which is how I know, it's how my body tells me I have held my breath for too long and have been in kind of a heightened anxiety space. And I had to sit there at the end of that third day on Wednesday, and I was like, you know what, leading with worry all the time is not sustainable for me, and it's also not going to work to support our team and our mission. So, you know, I, I had to reflect on it, and that's how I kind of found myself, you know, Wednesday, late into the day, just sort of journaling and reflecting. And what kept coming up for me was this idea of trust and this void of trust, which truthfully has always been a challenge for me. You know, I like to have things right. I like to 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 succeed, you know, and I, I, I want the team to succeed. And so this idea of like kind of trusting um, the unpredictable and the unknown is, is hard for me. That's, that's been a, a life lesson for me. And I thought this is the, this is this big problem we have right now is that there's an absence of like this, the environment is not conducive to trust in the outcome, to trust in the work that we're doing. You know, it's, it's, it's hard when you're, you know, you have the chaos of kids and auditoriums and out of classes for teachers to like trust. This is really worth it. It's hard to show up to like try to train teachers and talk about innovation and blended learning when the reality is that, you know, teachers are really struggling to just get to work on time and, and, and not be sick and, and not get sick at work. And so um, the trust that the work matters and what you're doing and also how to adjust the work that we're doing um, and trust that the world will heal and everything's going to kind of work itself out. I had to like really sit with that I'm longing for trust moment. And you know, I recall this Cherokee parable of the two wolves. Um, you know, it's, it's one I've always really loved and I kind of go back to um, in, in the story the Cherokee elder grandfather, he's telling his grandson about this great battle within him between two wolves. There's that, that bad, evil wolf, that's fear and ego, anxiety, you know, righteousness, sorrow, regret. And then the good wolf that is full of possibility and love and hope and belief, compassion, empathy. So the grandson asks his grandfather, which wolf will win? And the grandfather responds, the one you feed. And I've always really loved this parable because it's a personal guide for me. You know, it's like, don't drive. You know, I used to try to, you know, when you're skiing, you don't want to look at the rock or the, the icy patch. Or, you know, you want to look at where you're trying to go. And emotionally, I got, I, I understood that. Like, let me orient my emotions to where I'm trying to drive instead of, you know, what I'm afraid of, whether it's with my kids, my job, etc. But I hadn't really thought about it on a group level before. Again, our organizations being that that um, entity that contains those those two wolves, because the reality is, like in all of our workspaces, which are made up of humans, whether they're companies, schools, or individual classrooms, those two wolves exist as well. So, Link is a company for example, that prides itself on prioritizing team culture. Um, you know, within our team, culture is everything. We have, you know, our, our core cultural values. We talk about them all the time. We, we 
you know, or we create meetings around them. And, you know, the way that we run our operations is aligned. And yet, you know, we are not immune from the impact of fe feeding that wrong wolf, the one that is scared and and uncertain and, you know, just prone to that kind of the angry space or the tense space. And so it made me get a little curious about how we can cultivate feeding the good wolf each day within our workspaces. And so, you know, I guess I'm sharing today, this is an exploration that I'm going to take on this year as a leader, starting with a few simple things that to me are really not like the most obvious, like in that weren't obvious for me as I was thinking through how, how I could do this. Because I think when, you know, you think about how do I care for my organization? How do I feed that right wolf? There's a tendency towards what has become coined as like this toxic positivity where we just have to be constantly positive. And the reality is like that, that is not authentic. It's not real. And so doing more of that, I know isn't going to get me where I need to be with our team and with our organization. And I don't think it's going to help us help the schools and the teachers out there that we're trying to help. So I'll share what I'm tinkering with. You know, I think we love to tinker. We're just like, put it in action, try it out, see how it goes. Uh, first thing I'm going to do is I thought I should learn to breathe better in meetings. And I know that sounds ridiculous and silly, but um, I think I hold my breath a lot and I talk fast and I try to solve things quickly and I'm going to pause. I'm going to talk slower. I'm going to breathe through my nose. I'm going to just create some space for reflection, for just a sense of calm to be in the room with me. The second thing that I'm thinking about and that I'm going to do is to encourage more transparency and authenticity, which actually is the opposite of that kind of positive rah-rah cheerleading culture. And it's a conscious move away from what sometimes feels like that. You know, this it's important to celebrate and acknowledge. It really is. But it, it can't be the only thing that we're doing when there is real um, challenge and real hurt and real fear going on. So that bad wolf, it's not going to go away just because we don't acknowledge it. In fact, it would probably become more aggravated, <laughs> agitated, and persistent um, to be noticed. And so it's not like, I'm not trying to starve that wolf. I think that's, that is the impact, unfortunately, of kind of positive, this toxic positivity is it's ignoring something in the room that's really real and that needs attention. So you're like, I see you. Like, I, I understand this is really hard. Um, and uh, let's, let's also feed that other wolf of, like, hope and, and the inspiration around the work that we're doing. The third thing that I'm going to try is to listen with more um, intentionality, with more intention and lead with more questions than answers. Um, I've always felt accountable for having answers in, in, my, in my various jobs in my career. And I think sometimes that that's just not, it's not helpful 
um, for, for, for the situation. It's not helpful for you to say, oh, I've got the answer. Let me solve that really quick and let's just get it off of the table of discussion. I think sometimes it's just figuring out, like, well, what does a person need from me in terms of how I'm listening? So Elena Aguilar has a, a really wonderful tool that we use um, called expansive listening. And it has a lot of techniques um, in terms of if I'm going to set my intention to listen, for example, with love, or maybe I'm going to set my intention to listen just for understanding. Um, I might set my intention to listen for the big picture. So she, she does a wonderful job of giving us options. And sometimes I'm just starting to ask the question of people that I'm meeting with on our team, like how, what's going to be helpful for you in terms of how I'm listening today? Um, so that I can show up in a way that is truly supportive and not guessing at what, you know, people might need. And the fourth thing I'm going to tinker with is I'm going to take some time and I'm going to encourage time for creativity and innovation. So when I think about what, you know, what is the inertia right now? It's like this this energy kind of pulling us down. It's it's sickness. It's fear. It's you know that it's it's unfortunate, but that is really present right now. And creativity and innovation are they're sort of like life forces in and of itself. They're energy that produces like when you create something, it's it is literally like bringing something new to life. When you innovate, you are doing something new, and that in and of itself, I think, can really revitalize and renew our work passion. And so, even in the midst of things being incredibly difficult, we can find joy and renewed energy around that innovation. So that's what I am up to right now. And my question for you, if you're listening, is, you know, what would feeding the good wolf look like for you as you enter your workspace each day? You know, amidst these challenging times, how can we consciously drive towards creativity and possibility with our teachers, with our students, and also just within ourselves, like really leading from that authentically. If you want a thought partner in how to care for your team's good wolf, um, the invitation, I'm extending it to you. We're here for you as we journey through this year together, and we see you. We know what it's like right now. Hi, everyone. My colleague, Tiffany Wyckoff, who is also Link's co-founder and COO and also the co-author of the best-selling book, Blended Learning in Action, shared this beautiful New Year's message, and I asked her to record it so I could share it with this community. In her message, she shares steps that she will take to start feeding the good wolf. And you'll see what I mean by the good wolf through her message. Enjoy this message and please share with us on social media using the hashtag BLNAction the steps that you would like to take to feed the good wolf. <laughs> 